Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. I thought on this uh, Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe it would be especially appropriate to talk with Dr. John Bruchalski. Uh, His story is a remarkable one. He is the author uh, of Two Patients, My Conversion from Abortion to Life-Affirming Medicine. He's an OBGYN who founded Tepeyac OBGYN in Fairfax, Virginia, back in 1994. It serves uh, all women, regardless of their beliefs, uh, background, or financial situation. And then in 2000, he founded Divine Mercy Care, which helps to cover the cost of prenatal care for mothers in need. You can learn more at tepeyacgyn.com and divinemercycare.org, and we'll have all those linked for you, of course, uh, at our site in the Crested Guest Archives. John, good to have you back here. Thanks. Oh, wow. This is uh, this is a real treat to be here on this particular day. Yes, yeah. For people who haven't heard us talk before, let's just go back and give us a, a, a quick background of how you were raised, what was your spiritual orientation, and then we'll get to your medical. Yeah, view. sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, I grew up in a, a very faithful, a very in the word. A Catholic family. Um, I knew about um, the Mother of God and her role in salvation history from Cana to the cross to the Cenacle, and then even uh, with her image throughout the world today, especially in my Polish country of Poland, uh, Our Lady of Czestochowa, mm-hmm. who's called the, um, you know, the Black Madonna. Yeah. Uh, today is the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is considered, she's considered the brown-skinned one, so there was a connection. Well, I basically uh, became a man-pleaser, woman-pleaser, rather than a fear-of-the-Lord person, mm-hmm. and I bought the status quo. And uh, while I was in the middle of becoming the best OBGYN I could be, which meant learning abortion, how to cut off fertility, how to poison fertility with carcinogens, how to treat embryos as property rather than people, as well as ending the lives in a merciful way, because women have to thrive and be whole, and sometimes they need abortion to do that. I did all that. Before I went to my residency, I ended up at the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the feast that we're celebrating today, and I walked away from the words, why are you hurting me? Wow. There are times I hear it as a woman, there are times I hear it as a man. All I can tell you is that I heard it clearly, it did get towards my heart, and I walked away. And um, what, what year? Years. What year was that, John? Nineteen eighty-six, eighty-six, okay. eighty-seven. Yeah, it was the summer before. Uh, my buddy said, "Hey, man, you want to come help my my friend? He was a, happened to be a Catholic priest. He wanted to clean up the water. This was, you know, the, you know, the Mexican government was no longer persecuting the Catholic Church, but they definitely weren't friends. They were extorting them." Hmm. This particular priest had to clean his own freaking water for his three or four barrios that he took care of. Wow. While we were there, we made a visit, and uh, that's that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> do, do you, given that, so did you hear that voice before or after you performed your first elective abortion? After. After. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, um, so t- tell me, t- tell me how you uh, did. You slide? Did you just kind of sli- eventually slide into this? Did you make a com- 
small compromises at the beginning and then well, eventually just kind of slide into it because of yeah, social pressure? You know, you know, you know, Al, um, you know, I know about your past of how you've been on in, you know, different, um, different, uh, ways of Christianity, yeah. mm-hmm. as well as your long history of helping so many of us, uh, you know, on, and helping us grow in our faith. The enemy doesn't appear to us, and I would challenge just about everybody, you know, the enemy doesn't come to us and go, hey, I want you to murder your mother. (laughs) He comes to you as an angel of light. Some people say it's the boiling water that when you're trying to kill a frog. Why they pick frogs, I do not know, (laughs) but it doesn't matter. The enemy is like a lion prowling around the world seeking the ruin of souls, Scripture. And I fully believe that suffering, sinfulness, the wages of sin are death. I think poisoning family, meaning don't trust your mom and dad, they're bad. Don't trust your God, he's jealous. Uh, Don't trust uh, the human person, because it's just a machine, and it, it, it came here by chance. Don't trust God and faith, because they're antithetical to science. Slowly but surely... Once you buy the lie that there's no objective truth in education, and you're dealing with a group of people... Remember, I learned... Obviously, I'm a well-educated OBGYN. Sure. I've done my studies. I'm, I'm completing... I've done my boards. I'm board certified. However, most of the people who taught me were my patients, my female friends and patients. Yeah. And they tell you a story, just like you, Al. Yeah. Al, you draw stories out, and then you amplify the truth, and you try to clarify or at least provoke real an examine of, you know, I would call it an examination of conscience. If you listen to your program long enough, yeah, you are making us examine our consciences. And I'm telling you, when you stop examining your conscience, when you stop spending your time in the Word in yeah. the morning, yeah. that quiet time with the Lord, if you stop going to the sacraments in our sacramental family, the the Catholic Church, I'm telling you, you're, it, it's just a matter before you start despairing, questioning, doubting, and then you end up, hey, uh, why are you hiding from me? Well, I was naked. Well, how do you know you're naked? Yeah. You must have eaten. Yeah. From, yeah. And that's where we're at, buddy. Yeah. We're, where's truth? Well, truth is a person, the way, the truth, and the life. He's the light. He's the life. Once you start separating him from science, separating him from your family, separating him from truth, separating him from every aspect of our lives, you're kind of in the slot, man. And that's what we see today. Gender is fluid. Uh, Families are really nothing but the state or the nanny state, as some people would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, The human person is nothing more than a machine that can be manipulated. So if you have to freeze them when they're embryos, go ahead and do it. If you have to put back seven to get one, well, they're not really death. The other six didn't die. They were just wasted. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? I mean, like, well, thank God the women, that, that line from Scripture, even if a mother forgets you, I will not forget yeah. you. Yeah. Well, guess what? Women never forget. <laughs> That's called PTSD. Yeah. Jane's revenge, what we saw this summer, and, and now the violence, the anger, the resentment, the bitterness, uh... That's because that little light that we were created in the beginning from time immemorial is still flickering in us. Mm-hmm. And when it comes front, face-to-face with love and mercy, I can tell you firsthand, because I can't throw stones, your heart gets hardened. 
And yeah. it's only because your family keeps praying and certain people rise up and challenge you. And then there are people like Juanito Diaguito who is obedient. Can you imagine this guy? He's fully indigenous. He is full, his life has been fully flipped over since 1519 by Cortez. And his religion basically were slaughtering tens of thousands a month. Yeah. And all of a sudden he falls for the Spaniards, who were kind of some of the bastards, but as some of the, well, wait a second, and their religion has a one god, and we have many gods? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a sellout, Juan. Come on, man. Don't do this. And yet, in the midst of his, I don't know, his engagement with his prayer life, heading to church, of course, lo and behold, man, he's the bridge that has impregnated or has allowed the mother of God through an image, through an icon, enter a people where today, even last night as I was watching the celebrations from Mexico City and in, and in cities across the country with large Hispanic populations, my God, they are still filled with the mother. <laughs> yes. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah. And so not only did she appear then, but she's now appearing on the Telma, the image, which you can talk about, or more than that, she's fighting for justice and life and peace. She is the embodiment of what it means, you know, do whatever he tells you to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and again, you, you paint a great picture there. And abortion is so uh, wickedly contrary to that spirit. And uh, how, I, how, how did you... Uh, how did you feel after your first elective abortion? Well, Al, um, it was, I aborted a, like a six and a half week old um, fetus. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get back into my mindset. Right, so right. the mom needed it for her happiness and her health. She was a, she was a patient of my mentor who really cared about educating me in the ways of my profession. Mm-hmm. This was he Dr. Knew? Cohen? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, he's, you know, he, uh, he's a good, he's a, he, before he passed, he, he's a great guy. Sure, sure. He stayed with me late at night. He taught me how to stop bleeding and how to go the extra mile with different medical, do a good history physical. And yet... Um, Children are sexually transmitted diseases when the mother considers them not wanted. Children are only welcomed by the perfect family, and it's not dependent on their dignity. It's dependent on the desires of another person, i.e. the woman. That's called patient autonomy, the foundation for medicine today. And so Mm. once, so can you imagine, you know, Al, as Henry VIII is ripping apart England, and only uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Moore and Johnny Fisher <laughs> right. fight against them. And we're now, you know, the Catholic Church is having a problem on its hand because Germany has gone, and there's a battle because Protestantism yeah. nailed the theses, and now there's no longer any, no, nah, the Church, we don't need it. I can go directly to Scripture. Right. I, the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm good, listen, I get it, but it's coming out of the Enlightenment because we are now becoming our own gods. There's no obedience. You only have to discern between you and whoever you think you're talking to. 
It could be God. It could be your profession. And lo and behold, as England is falling and Germany is going to hell in a handbag in Switzerland, whatever, whatever uh, all of a sudden she picks a indigenous young convert who's just beginning. And lo and behold, but within 10 years, you have uh, end of child sacrifices and, you know, millions of baptisms. Something that was completely unpredictable <laughs> <laughs> by human estimate. Yeah. John, hold it there. We'll come back on the other side of the break and continue the conversation. Conversation. My guest, Dr. John Bruchalski, he is author of Two Patients, My Conversion from Abortion to Life-Affirming Medicine. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresto with me. Dr. John Bruchalski, he is author of Two Patients, My Conversion from Abortion to Life-Affirming Medicine. Uh, the book is full of uh, wonderful stories, touching stories, and sometimes painful stories. Uh, your chapter, Full of Grace, begins with you delivering uh, unintentionally uh, uh, this tiny uh, baby weighing over 500, just over 500 grams. Tell us what happened there. Well, you know, Al, you're such a, um, you're such a kind soul. I intended to deliver a dead baby. Yeah. Um, and the baby came out alive. Right. Um, and so, uh, can you imagine, uh, the night before I was going to an evangelical, uh, first assembly church, Re- becoming reacquainted with the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. what prayer and discipleship were all about. I'm working at a crisis pregnancy center the night before, fascinated, and I'm just, you know, I just wanted to help my patients, sure. and I knew some of them had a hard time with abortion. This was just, oh my God, I could do both. I could do abortions for that group, and I could, you know, sin boldly, but maybe it's all okay, and, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just serve in whatever way they want me to serve. Yeah. Yeah. And lo and behold, I go back to my days, and I'm not an abortionist, but because I did and performed and referred and, you know, crafted them, I, you know, I did abortions during the daytime. So if you can imagine, I'm fracturing in the in one room, Al, I was saving the baby of the same gestational age, yeah. the same weight, because yeah. mommy wanted it. Yeah. In the very next room, she didn't want it, so I got rid of it. I was—I just gave her medicine, broke her water, and callously never monitored. And that baby came squirting out of her. And I—I I thought initially, when a baby's born alive, when when a fetus is born alive, remember, I have to distance. You have to call them vermin, or you have to call them savages, or you have to call them some derogatory word to break and wedge between mom and child, and yeah. between doctor and child. In this case, Dr. Plum used the word tumor. Correct. She walked in, quickly assessed, and remember, I didn't kill it. I didn't drop a towel to suffocate it. Right. I threw it on the scale because, remember, there was my mom and dad taught me well. There was a glimmer of just, you know, well, it came out, it's alive, I, I better weigh it, because if it's over X, i got to call the nursery, and lo and behold, she comes in. Johnny, stop, giving me, stop treating my patients as tumors. Let's have a cup of coffee tomorrow. And so added to the data that I was being collected about the negatives of abortion, 
for all the people, like especially my mother, and so many people like in your audience who pray for the conversion of the the pro-abortion people in the industry. They pray for conversion. Well, it's real. Yes. This book is about <laughs> hope. And yes. so what happens is the next morning she says, dude, you are so much better than this. You're so good with PCOS and PMS and menopause, and you're such a good surgeon. But you've got to realize, man, that life is life is life. You, you can't pick and choose just because the mother doesn't want it. You basically tried to kill that kid and then called me in to save it. That's absurd. And oh, by the way, I think you need to go to Yugoslavia and get a <laughs> retreat at Medjugorje. That's, and then two days later, my mother said the same thing. So I went, and it, while I was there... Yeah, you know, tell us what happened. Yeah. Oh, I, it's a, so I go with my mother. I'm already at an evangelical church. I'm not interested in getting back acquainted with the mother of God. She gets too much... Well, we go, and uh, it's the middle of winter. There's a group of uh, Belgian pro-lifers there. There's a few Italians. There's four Americans, and the rest are just Yugoslavs. Um, It's a place where where people believe that the Mother of God has been appearing for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, on the hill, this woman comes to me speaking French. I hear her in English. She tells me that I'm... Um, the mother's doctor. I can, I can, I can be an instrument in the in the hands and the heart of of the son, the savior, to renew the face of the earth. Wow. And I went, you know, uh, listen, pick somebody else, man. I'm a history major. I'm kind of going to an evangelical church. You don't get it. I'm not here. And then she leaves after telling me a few things. And then the the roses begin to um, permeate my nose. And uh, remember, it's in January that I'm here. <laughs> it's freezing. I'm freezing my butt off on this hill. And uh, through my prayer, and I'm I'm saying that with all honesty, through prayer, um, the Mother of God um, enables me to uh, put my heart, put my hand into the side. Of her son, and I can touch the sake. I can I can touch the source. You know, wow. when we talk about pray the blood of Jesus over you, the hedge of protection, cover you with the blood of Jesus. <laughs> well, <laughs> I felt the rent in the beating cardiac tissue. I could palpably feel it, whatever wow. the heck that means in prayer. And I crashed because I'm a man of unclean lips. I saw myself as a leper. Yeah, but. When you come to face-to-face with love, and you, it's, it's what you talk about in this program, Al. Yeah. It's when you respond, if they call you to, to become a disciple for them, or a witness, even though I have no belief that I could do it, I can do all things through him. And that's when I, that's when I said yes. And whatever that meant... Practice excellent medicine, see the underserved daily, and follow the teachings of my son's church. It's both faith and science go together, Johnny. Yep. My son is the, is the creator of everything. He is your source of life. I just happen to be his mother. His grace gives me who I am, not, not me. It's not me at all, Johnny, as right. the mother said. It's him. Yeah. I, we must do what he says. And today, Al... 
I just want to encourage the folks out there, if you, have, if you are not hopeful, if you have friends in the medical profession, if you have medical students or nursing students in your family, hey, man, connect them with us. We'll be more than happy to help talk and shepherd them and connect them with all the big players so they can find that they can get through this time and be exactly who the Lord's called them to be. Because the pressure in our world today against discipleship, yep. against witness, yep. the enemy is pulling out all the stops because he can't win. And now it's getting to, oh, we'll take away your license. Eh, we'll figure that out when we cross that bridge, folks. Yeah. We can help you get to the Christian medical and dental assist. We can get you to the Catholic medical assist. We can, we can get you to the American Association of Pro-Life OBGYNs. There's incredible groups out there now in the last 30 years. There are more practices to go to. You can build a good resume. But most importantly, if the Lord has put something in your heart about becoming a doctor today or a nurse today or a nurse practitioner today or a midwife today, and you happen to be a faithful Christian Catholic, Christian evangelical, Christ, even a agnostic who believes in common sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the natural law, yep. contact us, because there's a world open for you out here. I don't want you to become disobedient like I was, because if today you hear his heart, harden not your hearts. This is what we're preparing for, you know, in the next two weeks for Christmas. Um, you know, and I can't thank you enough for what you do on this program and your walk. Yeah. Um, you yeah. real, I really connected with you, yeah. uh, even though it's only been um, vicariously. Um, I just, well, you know, I, I think we all are helping one another build the, his kingdom come. And absolutely. today just happens to be our day, so it's very hopeful. Yeah, and, and John, let me say, too, one of the reasons I just love what you do and love your story is because you are building uh, your 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 conversion is clear and obvious, but it goes beyond that. You're now uh, actually building. You're bearing witness uh, yes. to the kingdom, and I I think this this has to become just a, a, a basic part. If you're if you're a baptized believer, uh, you've got to ask yourself, what have I been called to do? And we all know the universal call to holiness, of course, is there. And then we've got calls to marriage and uh, religious life or, or ordination. But, but everybody, every Catholic, ought to say to himself or herself, how, how can I best bear witness? And take a look at the yes. field they're in. You know, if, if we would just start doing that. Yes. I, you know? yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, he will use you exactly where you are. Yep. There is a self. You have your own true self that he created before the fall. He knew you before the world was created. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm no longer a Calvinist. You know, I don't believe that I'm wretched anymore. Mm -hmm. Even though I believe that I'm a sinner, totally. Sure. It's that glimmer of hope that he gave me because he created me good. And then if you're sacramental or you make your rebirth, I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior, or I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, it's the Trinity, mm -hmm. you have to know that no matter how bad we get, there's always an opportunity for his redemption and mercy. That's what Christmas is all about, man. He became one of us, yeah. so we can be him. We can participate in the love and the tenderness. And it's beautiful about Our Lady of Guadalupe. She's so tender. She calls this man 
Juanito Diaguito, <laughs> Little Johnny, Little Jimmy. Yeah. And then, do not fear any illness, vexation, anxiety, or pain. Am I, you're, you know, I'm your mother. Yeah. Are you not in the crossing of my arms? Are you not in the folds of my mantle? Am I, am I not the bearer of your fountain of life? Is there anything else you need? I'm convinced that if we use these next two weeks to really look at the story, whether it's the first time you go, whether you're Catholic, big C, small C, not Catholic, not even a God believer, but just go and look. Do you know we have a, the, uh, the oldest book in the United, in, in the Americas, the oldest book, for, I want to say from 1566, I think, the Codex Sevilla. It's at the Smithsonian. Do you know it has an image of the lady of, of the story of Juan Diego and the Guadalupe? It's a history book of the area of the Aztecs from, I want to say, 1530 to 1545. It already contains that. Because it, 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 remember, what, they, didn't have, they didn't have words. Right. They had pictograms. Right, right. And you can go on Wikipedia and you can go on Google and type in Codex Sevilla, S-A-V-I-L-L-A, I think it is, and you will see that, and it, this is scholarship, this is not just, you know, people believing that they want to see what they can see. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Of course, the enemy kind of throws rocks in, and the old Spaniards were the ones going, oh, no, these people, no, 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 it's all a myth. Well, Spain was like the high-end old European Christians, and who did she appear to but to a right. indigenous poor uh, Bernadette's crazy. She's eating grass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, oh, the little kids at uh, Fatima or even Medjugorje, they're just full of crap. Well, you know, once again, I, I just, you know, whatever the, whatever the church will eventually say in its wisdom, I'm good with it. Because I need objective truth outside of myself. Sure. And I'm telling you, the story is beautiful. It's tender. It's about witness, discipleship. Uh, it's, you know, Bonhoeffer would have loved it, I think. It's not about cheap grace, that's for dang sure. Right, right. And, uh, and the rest. But thank you, Al, so, so very much. God bless you. Well, buddy. thank you, John, so much for what you're doing. TepiakOBGYN.com. Yes. And DivineMercyCare.org. And yes. we'll have those listed at our site as well. So thank you for taking time with me today. We'll talk again. Thank you. Dr. John Prochalski, this is a story you've really got to absorb. It's beautiful.